This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9. They can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. Podcast dedicated to all the canceled television shows in fantasy and horror genre. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mr. Seneca. We are covering the 2013 Dracula the Series here on the Dead TV Podcast with Episode 2. Episode 2, A Whiff of Sulfur. Great, originally aired on November 1st, 2013. Grayson takes Lady Jane as a lover, even as he investigates her lethal connections to the Order of the Dragon. Grayson helps Mina face a critical challenge at medical school. Van Helsing continues his quest to develop a solar vaccine to enable Grayson to conquer sunlight. Jonathan Harker strikes a devil's bargain with Grayson, which has unexpected consequences. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. In the in the movie Dracula, uh, sorry, in the movie uh, John Carpenter's Vampires from 1998, the the vampire Malik, who is like the original vampire that in that iteration. He um, he was trying to find a black cross that would bring about eternal uh, darkness or allow him to walk in sunlight. I forget which. Great movie produced by John Carpenter. Terrible movie as well, but some absolutely amazing over-the-top performances by James Woods. Oh, I love it. I love it. You get a little teak there? Get a little teak there, Padre? <laughs> I love that when he was just like, uh, let me tell you about vampires. Have you ever seen a vampire? No. Well, first of all, they're not romantic, all right? It's not like they're a bunch of fucking fags hopping around in rented formal wear and seducing everybody in sight with cheesy Euro-trash accents, all right? Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. Garlic? When I try garlic, you stand there with garlic around your neck. One of these buggers will bend you fucking over and take a walk up your strata chocolata while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, all right? 
They don't sleep in coffins lying in taffeta. You want to kill one, you drive a wooden stake right through his fucking heart. Sunlight turns them into crispy critters. Got it? You know, it's it's one of my, um, you know, shameful love movies. Like, John Carpenter oh. Vampire is like, oh, I see it on the big screen at the drive-in movie theater. It is fucking fantastic. I saw that in 1998 when I was 18 years old. We had just got done playing my first ever Vampire the Masquerade role-playing game, which we have discussed, of course. Yeah, when, and, while we were doing uh, Kindred and the Embraced. It was the day before Halloween. It was on a Friday that we we all met up at the Dragon's Lair in Webster, and then we went over to the theater, dressed in our vampire costumes and makeup and fangs, and went and gone to see John Carpenter's Vampires as a group. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it was my first time ever playing the game, too. It was a lot of fun. So we go back to the origin of Dracula. So it seems like every episode is kind of like Arrow, where they open up with, like, the flashback. Okay, yeah, yeah, because in this one, uh, it opens up and it's basically uh, Professor Van Helsing releasing Dracula from his Iron Tomb. Yeah, right after the events of the first episode where we saw Dracula resurrected and brought back to life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and we find out that uh, Van Helsing basically has a vendetta who's wanting Dracula to come in to this, uh, you know, scenario with him, so... His family was murdered by the Order of the Dragon, and he knows that Dracula's wife was murdered by the Order of the Dragon, and he was, I guess, you know, punished or whatever for his involvement in something. And uh, so he wants to resurrect Dracula in order to get back at the Order of the Dragon. And from the point of which he was resurrected to what is now current in the show, it's ten years have have elapsed. So Professor Van Helsing has not yet come up with this vaccine in 10 years. So it's 1891 currently. Yes. The events of Dracula's book take place in 1897. Yeah, I wonder why they changed it by just a few years. Uh, who knows? I don't know. The Order of the Dragon, which is the Order of Dracul, was founded by Dracula, but they betrayed him. Yes. Yeah, there's not a lot of details as for, like, what the terms or conditions of the betrayal or what really happened. All you really get a sense is is that his wife was killed, he's very, very pissed off, and he's willing to side with Professor Von Helsing in order to get back at them. Um, Lucy, Mina, and uh, Jonathan are at dinner, and uh, Lucy pays for... Um, I'm sorry, um... Lucy's uh, mother pays for Lucy's mother pays for dinner, which embarrasses Jonathan. In the book, Jonathan is basically he's he's a pauper. He is very poor, and he never believes that he will be good enough for Mina. Um, of course, his position today, like if what Jonathan was doing today is a real estate broker, he would be pretty wealthy. Oh yeah, yeah, real estate, uh, a lot, big money in that. You know, ask our president. <laughs> Yeah, so so he Jonathan is supremely embarrassed um, that he doesn't have enough money, and Lucy, being the you know spoiled little rich girl she is, she kind of flaunts it a lot, and um, you know says, well, don't worry about it, I'll pay for it, and uh, that causes Jonathan no shortage of just you know feelings that he's not being manly enough to take care of his woman, which was also in the book. Uh, we are, in this episode, introduced to the Seers. 
So the seers are uh, basically holed up in an opium den, smoking opium for their, you know, supposed pain. And uh, they have the power to find vampires wherever they are. Kind of a cool trick. Are they are they husband and wife? Are they brother and sister? I don't know. I don't know. They certainly love each other because they hold hands, but there's not a, a kissy. It's just more of an intimate closeness, and they work their their seer magic on the mirror together. So maybe they're twins. Twin powers unite, you know, type of thing. I don't know. Uh, the relationship is never stated. There is that moment, though, when, um, you know, going back to dinner, they're actually at a fencing competition, and Lucy, I guess, offers sexual favors to her, uh, to her fencer so that he would be motivated to win, but yet he doesn't. What do you think she whispered in his ear? It wasn't just, you get to bone me. I don't know. It, for someone like Lucy, it probably was something like, um, uh, I don't oh. know, so some flower, flowery language to say, um, I'm going to bone you all night and do things to you that no one else will. Yeah, it was definitely like, it wasn't just like, I'll have sex with you, because his reaction was very like, Whoa. oh, you'll do that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, maybe she'll lick his asshole? I don't know. I mean... Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Whatever these young kids are into these days. Yeah, toss the salad. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Lucy. You do you. Right? Renfield <laughs> asks Dracula, why doesn't he just take Mina? Because he can, because he is Dracula, uh, and he has that power. I mean, he can have anyone he wants, man or woman. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he'd rather have her fall in love with him uh, willingly and with uh, under her own free will, so that way, if he turns her into a vampire, you know the the love will be forever eternal. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, instead of like just instead of like the okay, let's we've discussed it before. Being turned into a vampire is an allegory for being raped. It's that's basically what it is. We glorify and we romanticize vampires because of the sexual darkness of it all. But it's also glorifying and sexualizing, in a romantic way, rape. In a way, you know, there's there's a lot of historical context behind that. Um, and the way they're portraying it in this show, uh, the murders kind of uh, are a little bit more on the um, seduction and then attack type, type of realms, you know, the, the typical vampire tropes and whatnot. Uh, they're portrayed a little bit more on the sexual side, which is interesting. Uh, but very bloody, either way. So Jonathan's job is actually a, a VP of Public Affairs. Uh, and his duties, according to Dracula, is that he needs to foster the relationships with all the people that he wants to meet and have him be a guide through British uh, aristocracy. And, and Yeah, which happens in the novel. Dracula... Uh, temporarily lives with, uh, sorry, Jonathan Harker goes to Transylvania and lives with Count Dracula temporarily at the beginning of the novel and eventually becomes his prisoner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is more like, I get a job for you and you'll get a better house, you know, come live with me and be my bro. Um, not, you're trapped here, there's no communication, you know, there's there's no way to contact the outside world. Dracula's house is smacked up in the middle of London, so he's living there. Jonathan's not trapped... Tra Traveling all the way out to trans to Romania. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, no, and and the house that uh, Dracula actually gets for Jonathan and Mina 
it seems to be one of those, well, if you work for me, I'll give you this house. So it's a huge bribe. Um, but it was the house of, I guess, Lady Jane's uh, uh, husband, former husband. He died and then had some gambling debts, and she basically sold it to him. Right. And, of course, Lady Jane then goes and seeks the seekers, uh, the seers, the uh, the psychics. Yeah. Yeah. And and do you, did you see what she was wearing when she went and interrupted the seers at the opium den? It's like, I see everything that Smurfette, the actress, <laughs> name is. That, that's, that, that's her name. She's Lady Jane, but her real name is, like, Smurfette. If, if that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> I see everything that oh, actress is wearing. That, that, uh, I mean... It seems to be black vinyl. It's probably supposed to be leather or whatnot, but it is fantastic. I would not be remiss if not admitting being at half staff watching her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's wearing this black vinyl, long jacket, the gloves and everything, as she's pulling the opium pipe from their mouth. It's like, oh, you go. That's a really dominating outfit. Like, uh... It almost made me inspired to look up that type of code online. Um, Jonathan breaks the news to Mina about the uh, the job and living there, and she's like, "You should take it." And they kiss in public, and the women, the woman behind her with her grandchildren, because she looks a little old to be having kids. I don't know. Um, I think they were her kids. Okay. Um, not to age her a bit, but uh, she was aghast by kissing in public because you just didn't do that back then. That's true. That's true. And we get a taste. And today, of- hell, even today, kissing in public is still like, you know, you kind of establish those rules with your lover. You're into public displays of affection, but they were, they were. That was a hard kiss or whatever. It's not just a peck. Yeah. So it's like even in 2019, uh, you know, on the verge of a new decade. By the way, uh, 2020, if you can believe that. Uh-huh. We still have just public displays of affection can make people uncomfortable, and that's. Nothing bad about that if you're uncomfortable seeing it, you know what I mean? True, although it I don't is. Know. I'm not going to more... shame anyone for kissing in public. I'm just saying that it doesn't bother me, with the exception of getting into some hardcore kissing and groping. And I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, at, at that point, it's like, take a, get a room, guys. <laughs> we're not at uh, we're not at any uh, we're not at a party. We're not at any of your events, Mr. Zeneca. Let's That's uh. True. <laughs> Where public displays of affection are welcomed. Uh, yeah, uh, we we do get a taste of the old uh, Victorian fashion because both the, the male and the female child are dressed in similar outfits with the big uh, straw hats and the large uh, white collars with the black um, overdress. Uh, both males and females in that era, children, they typically wore the same t- exact things. And at the time the color pink was actually meant for boys, and the color blue was meant for girls. Somehow along the lines, uh, the color switched, um, but it was a... In in fact, that outfit should have been, you know, pink for a boy and a blue for a girl, but they were both wearing black and white, which was cool with me. As it should be, those should should be switched around. We can't have boys wearing pink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason they wore pink back then was that uh, since red was a very masculine, powerful color, uh, pink is the lighter version of red. And so they thought that pink was too heavy, masculine, you know, influence 
to actually have for a girl. And blue, uh, excuse, yes. excuse me, it's not pink. It's called salmon. <laughs> salmon. Oh. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's salmon, and it's a little ecru, uh, off-white in the, you know, pastels, yeah. So, blue uh, is a very Lady common Jane. dye color. Um, Lady Smurfette, that's what we will call her now, <laughs> Lady Smurfette has dinner with Dracula, and she wants to know the trick of the light, and he talks about his obsession with the occult, and makes a coin disappear, and she asks where, and he whispers, because it's NBC, people, and if this was HBO, he would clearly just say, I put it in your vagina or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way she reacted to his whispering in her ear, it wasn't just, the coin is behind your ear. Yeah, that was no. definitely in her pussy. That was, yeah, that was definitely someplace that they could not say on NBC, yes. even at 10 o'clock at night. Yes. Um, and then, of course, they, continue, they start making out, and they're obviously going to have sex, and God, that corset she's in. I mean, you, you have to think that the way they did that scene and the way they're rolling around, she had to have popped out of that thing a couple times and they had to reshoot it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The top of the boobs to- totally will flop out. She is spilling out of that. Then they switch over to Mina, who is not nearly as uh, large and down as, uh, as a Smurfette. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that probably wasn't a problem. But uh, that actress, with that corset, with the way she's laying... They probably had to super glue her into that thing. Yeah, those nipples were taped in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dracula uh, offered Mina a ride immediately afterwards, which is kind of funny because he just got done banging Lady Jane and then, of course, uh, snoops around that place. Wait, does that happen? This episode the no, no, that, episode. that's the next episode. Oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry. So afterwards in the morning, he offers Mina a ride and she's just like, is it proper in America to offer a woman a ride? And I'm like, really? Yeah, I mean... This is, like, one of the richest men in town, and he's offering her a ride, which wasn't <laughs> like Fifty he's Shades of Grey. offering her a ride, all right. Which is a little like Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, it's Grace and, and yeah. But, you know, as um, his, uh, what, what are we calling the assistant here? Um, yeah, Renfo, but is he an assistant? Is he a right-hand he's guy? He's reckless. In, in a few episodes, when they get to his origin story, because there's a whole episode back... As we get through Dracula's uh, resurrection origin story, we will eventually get to how he meets Renfield, and he considers Renfield to be his best friend and partner. Ah. But they played up as black manservant because, well, because of the times. Yeah. Yeah, so, but he, in the episode coming up, not to spoiler ahead too far, but he is considered to be Dracula's partner and best friend. And Dracula treats them with the utmost respect. Uh, and he can definitely hold his own. He is yeah. stoic and powerful and a quiet presence. If you ever watch the TV series The Blacklist, uh, Raymond Reddington on it, okay. he has a black manservant who he doesn't consider to be like his manservant as much as his adopted son because he rescued this kid from slavery in his own country years ago when he was a teenager and raised him. Oh, wow. And he is insanely loyal to Raymond Reddington. Yeah. Like, always by his side, always willing to protect him, and Ray- Raymond will go out of his way to uh, to save his life, because he doesn't consider this man to be his employer. He, he considers him to be his son. Yeah. Great crap. Be kind of sh- still a highlight to watch that show because of the uh, uh, because of Raymond Reddington, uh, the actor. Oh crap! What's his name? 
Uh, he's from Stargate. Not Kurt Russell, the other guy. The secretary. Oh, I never really watch that show very often, so I don't. No, really no, no, no. The secretary, it. though. The, the, the actor from the secretary. Oh. Um. You know who I'm talking about? The, I, the, 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 the Dom in The Secretary, the main I, character. I know, I know. I see his face in front of me. I love him as an actor. I can't remember his name. Um, James Spader. James Spader, that's it. James Spader. Best known also from Pretty in Pink. Uh, yeah, James Spader. Um, so in, in this episode, do we have any new actors that we didn't go over their IMDb's from last um, year? I think maybe don't just... We have- well, we go to the, uh, skip it ahead a little bit, um, after the exam, where she passes, by the way, she does, by the way, that exam, wow, is that a long exam, because it's daylight, and then they're all standing around her by candlelight, as she's delivering the, uh, you know, the examination of the, uh, the heart attack. We have the gay nightclub scene. Yes. Now, this was a very interesting, uh, club scene, because, um... And we have cross-dressing dancers, those are... Clearly, men in drag. That those are definitely drag dancers, but it was also very common at the time for women not to be allowed to act. So, males dressing in drag for performance—that was kind of has been a thing in history for you know since the Roman era. You know, guys play the roles of women. Most of Shakespeare yeah. was all performed with an all-male cast. Yeah, and Kabuki Theater too. Yep. Which is the first time I learned about it in elementary school. When they uh, when they explained what Kabuki Theater was, they said you know men played the women and women played the men. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, the scene with the uh, the kink club, as I, I like to call it, is not only drag performances, but if you notice in the background, they've got cigars and booze, and this seems to be. The type of club that um, would be exclusive to the rich, luxurious folks and would probably offer anything that they could get their hands on. So if, if someone wanted a small child back in those days, they would probably get it because children were not valued as much as they are now. Now, is Jonathan at this gay nightclub as well? No, he's not there uh, oh, he's at a different club. Okay, they just switch scenes so quickly that it seems like it's the same club, and Jonathan's just hanging out with buddies uh, because he's there, and Mina overhears him talking about her, and she they have a tiff. Yeah, that's not at the club. That's actually at their house. So that's the main room that you see in the very beginning when uh, when he gives him the key to the to the new house. So he's right. entertaining all of his friends. During the scene uh, switch, because it went from gay nightclub to that, I was like, "Oh, oh, I know." It was it was completely jarring, but yeah, that, yeah, because they're all happen. having a party at Jonathan's house too. So, and, and Victoria looks Victoria no matter where it is. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jonathan and Mina have a bit of a tiff, and they kind of break up temporarily. They'll get back together in the next episode. But Jonathan, uh, the, sorry, then Dracula seduces another lovely woman who's all buttoned up to her neck, and she's very pretty. But then you undo the button, and she has this corset that's just busting those breasts out, and she is, like, sexy as hell. <laughs> it's, like, very mousy kind of female, you know, who's very done up to be prim and proper, but undo her clothes, and she is a woman of passion and desire as Dracula tears her throat out. 
and gropes and fondles her as he's doing it, or she's doing that to herself, actually, as you see her hand riding up beneath her skirt to touch herself as Dracula is, like, tearing her throat apart. Yeah, yeah, it's that type of uh, power that he has over women, where she's still turned on, and yet she is dying. Oh, yeah, she is completely dying, but again, the way her hand is, you know, her, her, her bosom is exposed and everything, it's definitely a turn-on to her, but that's the whole point of being bitten by a vampire. It's it's sexual desire, and, you know, in a relationship with somebody, well, consensual or non-consensual, being bitten is a sexually... A proc- uh, um, it's a sexually charged experience. Thank you. It's a sexually charged experience. Um, and then, of course, Lady Jane shows up and slits her neck, and then Dracula sees her, learning the truth about Lady Jane. Yeah. Yeah, like she's still in that uh, black vinyl uh, get-up and cuts off the woman's head, I suppose, to prevent her from becoming undead, you know, whatnot, since he had... Oh, darn, she would have made a hot vampire. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Uh, But Dracula's not about turning women into vampires in this, uh, at least right now. We will will wait and see what happens, but... uh... Dracula, although, does kiss uh, the champion fencer that we saw earlier in the episode, right on the lips, uh, giving Lord, uh, what is his name, Lord Davenport's only son, uh, his a, a kiss on the lips, to basically give a nice dose of humiliation to Lord Lawrence, because they're together and Lord Lawrence is married, and he's diddling uh, this young youth, and uh, Dracula says, sow me all your shares, or else, you know, you know, this information will be gotten out to his father and your wife, and I'm sure they wouldn't like that. No, uh, but Dracula also makes a point early on that he doesn't care who your lover is. Uh, he He's not about... He's not about that. No, he's not He's not anti-gay, basically. No. Um, but the, 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 the point is that he, just, he doesn't care. He's probably had many lovers throughout his time being a vampire, both male and female, that it doesn't bother him. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. And um, I thought it was very cool to show them them actually kiss both Lord Lawrence and uh, the uh, fencer. I don't have his name right in front of me, but it was great to see them kiss and then Dracula kiss the son as well and uh, give that little bit of, hey, you got to sell me this or else you're, this news will get out. And then success. Dracula is now a majority shareholder for the... What is this, oil, gas company? Uh, looks that way. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for episode two of Dracula the series. We're going to take a quick break and then jump into episode three here on the Dead TV Podcast. Friday, journey 400 years to the past to see how it all began. I knew I would never be the same. And now, four centuries later. Sometimes, the people and places we are meant for take us by surprise. Their love has been given new life. But can he overcome the one thing in his way? I want to walk in the sun like any other man. He will never be like any other man. NBC's Dracula. All new next Friday. And we're back. Thank you for listening to the Dead TV Podcast. We are now on to episode three. And episode three is Goblin Merchant Men. Originally aired November 8th, 2013. Grayson seeks to determine whether Lady Jane is a vampire hunter for the Order of the Dragon. Lucy mends Mina's broken heart with absinthe, romance, and a whirlwind tour of Bohemian London. 
Grayson's machinations claim the life of Lord Laurent and earn him a powerful new enemy. We open up with the, the third part of Dracula's origin, where he is being tortured, bleeds out, and he is pretty much fucked up. I mean, he is, like, royally messed up, and this is how they basically cage him. Yeah, now, here's where it should have given some sort of illustration as to, like, how he became a vampire. But we see his neck slashed, him passing out, and then waking up, suspended from his arms in what appears to be a church... And a monk is saying that he's been punished with undeath. But how? Like, they don't really go into any of that. I, I was like, I wanted more. Like, what? how did he become a vampire? Like, where did you get the vampire blood? Is this a punishment from God? Like, what? And Well, nothing. you know, many iterations, it's usually, like, from Satan or something. But sometimes it's from God. In the Gary Oldman movie, it's not really explained. In Dracula Untold, the one starring Luke, uh, Luke Evans, that movie, he makes a deal with a vampire that's living in a mountain to become more powerful so he can defeat the Turkish Empire because the Turks want to take all the firstborn sons, that whole storyline, like, you know, they're going to give them up and the Turks are going to use them to raise an army with all these young kids from Romania and Dracula doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, hence why he's like a hero of his country because he drove the Turks out. Uh, that there's a there are, there are many different versions about why. In the Castlevania storyline, I mean, uh, Castlevania Lord of Shadows, you're playing as Gabriel Belmont in the first game, and at the end of the game, you have to fight Satan himself, and Satan bestows a curse upon you that you will forever walk at night and have to drink the blood of mortals. And you find out that you've been playing as Count Dracula the entire game, but before he became Dracula. I was hoping that Dracula's we could get some sort of piano, and, uh, He says to Renfield he hasn't played in over a century. Right? Renfield didn't know he could play the piano. Probably can do a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lucy wants to help Mina forget about Jonathan. and uh going girls' night out. Basically. <laughs> and Smurfette shows up at the asylum in a stunning blue dress. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You're just going to drool dumb. over her this entire time, aren't you? <laughs> oh, my God. That dress. <laughs> we're we're going to call consider Dracula 2013 your porn. Maybe. <laughs> uh, whenever, if I ever meet this woman one day, <laughs> I will have her. <laughs> okay. Now, in their in their night out, or nights out, I should say, because it's more than one night that they're out partying, is they're drinking absinthe, and I am a very big absinthe connoisseur. And they're drinking it wrong. They're drinking it wrong. You're not supposed to light the sugar cube on fire. Oh, okay. Back then, uh, they didn't even have a thought to actually lighting it on fire. Lighting it on fire was a 1960s, 70s thing when Bohemia became big again. Uh And uh, you pour the absinthe over the sugar cube into the cup, and then you light on fire as, you know, it as it goes down. Lighting it on fire does nothing, and in fact actually ruins your drink. Uh, absinthe itself is a combination of the absinthe um, in a small, maybe a few ounces at the bottom of the glass. The rest of it is water poured in very slowly over the sugar coop, if you have sugar, if you want sugar. And then it's drank like that. Once the sugar dissolves, 
the absinthe gets a what's called a louche, which it turns from a deep emerald green into an opalescent green. And so a nice louche uh, shows a good quality absinthe. You drink it, it's probably only about uh, 8% alcohol by volume when properly mixed. But you do not, do not light it on fire. It's more appropriate to add opium to it, like laudanum, uh, than it is to actually light on fire. I've done all three types of, of absinthe drips, and I have to say that lighting on fire tastes the worst. And if you add the laudanum, well, you get a bit of a painkiller at the end. It gives you that little bit of extra of a good time. That was my big problem with that scene. So now that Dracula is the majority shareholder of this company, Renfield throws his weight around and tries to uh, get this, that says this guy will be fired if uh, he doesn't comply to uh, his demands. Yeah, yeah, because now Dracula is his boss. Even though it's clear that this guy is completely prejudiced against black people because he talks to Renfield like he's some sort of servant. Well, I mean, he is. Only for Dracula. Only for Dracula. You know, he is no servant to any other man. And he shouldn't be treated as such. Just like a submissive is only submissive to their dominant. A submissive has no um, no standing, no uh, expectation to actually be submissive to anyone else. And in fact, it is uh, more likely that a submissive is more dominant to other people and is only submissive to their dominant. Mm. A submissive throughout life isn't submissive every single place they go. It's a time and situation and criteria and the person and and all that other thing. So for this guy to treat Renfield just so horribly, and Renfield just takes it very calmly, doesn't raise his voice or anything, just throws his weight around with the simple statement that, you know, Grayson is his boss. And he is under the authority to fire him if he won't comply. I'm like, ooh, yeah, you go. Dracula continues to wed, uh, bed, bed, sorry, not wed, bed, Smurfette. And um, he explores her house and discovers the vampire chained up in the basement. Yeah. Seeds to kind of stalk her back in bed, but then make out with her. Um, all the while, <coughs> excuse me. Mina and Lucy get really drunk while this is happening, continuing their night out in the town. And uh, once again, after he bangs Smurfette, like he offered Lucy, uh, Lucy, he offered Mina the, and now he's leaving flowers for her, which she think are from Jonathan, because uh, he didn't really leave a note or whatever. But of well, course, he, he can't did. stay and watch it. Uh, well, he did leave the note. He left the note with the quote that he told her. So even though it didn't have his name, she should have put two and two together that it was. Grayson sending the flowers. If she's smart enough, she would figure out that that note does not belong to Jonathan's hand. Yeah. But uh, that moment where Dracula sees the other vampire and the vampire is saying, kill me, kill me, and he just goes, shh, 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 and and then just starts weeping, you know, emotionally. I thought that was a really good scene because he's going back to Lady Jane's bed. I can just feel that he was wanting to kill her in that moment because he just saw that she is yes the vampire hunter he's got a vampire chained up locked in a cage and she must be a person from the order of the dragon 
and but he just conti- you know goes back to bed and then they continue making out again while the seers find him in bed with uh lady jane and sees yeah. that that you know their their vampire hunter mistress is now bedding a vampire and uh you know, so uh professor van helsing has to step in in my notes, I put, the worst vampire hunter ever. You can't figure out that the vampire who's boning you is the the guy who's boning you is the vampire you're trying to find? I, what I know. the hell? Like, I'm honestly. sorry, but worst hunter ever. ever. Yeah, no. <laughs> she is a complete idiot not to know that Dracula is a vampire. Like, there are mirrors around. She should be able to tell that he's a vampire from just looking in the mirrors. Like, seriously. Really an idiot there. Uh, But Van Helsing actually, um, uh, since he was, it it seems to be a a weird train of events where Lady Jane goes to the asylum to get some prescription medication for her seers. The prescription medication uh, concept goes to Professor Van Helsing to fulfill the prescription then that prescription gets sent via a small boy to the opium den where they take it and end up becoming paralyzed so they can uh, see exactly what's going on, feel exactly what's going on, but not be able to move or respond when Professor Van Helsing smashes their head, heads in with a hammer. Yeah, both of them just dead. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the last brutal thing of the episode is that uh, the champion fencer who is mourning over his Lord Lawrence, which uh, the Order of the Dragon uh, killed, you know, for his uh, betrayal in selling his shares to Dracula. Uh, And he's so mournful over it, he just writes a note and then shoots himself. So so Now... We have, like, three series of events that happen. Uh, I won't say they're events, but they're, like, dialogue exchanges that all focus around Mina. We have Dracula saving Mina from a louse. Um, Jonathan and Dracula discuss Mina, and Jonathan helps push Mina back into Jonathan's arms. Mm -hmm. And then Lucy wakes up, clearly wanting to have sex with Mina, touching her while she's sleeping, which you don't do that to your... You're not going to just do that to your friend... You do that to your lover or would-be lover. Now, they're in bed together, but they did not sleep together because it, 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 they, they obviously no, did not it, have... It's, it's platonic sleeping arrangements. Platonic sleeping arrangements, um, like roommates in college that would share one bed or something like that, uh, back then, at least. I mean, um, girls, that, girls, nowadays, girls are more apt to share a bed than, than guys are platonically, which... I, I yeah, hope that I'll do change, that. I hope that changes in the future because platonic love between guys... You know, should actually be normalized, but you know. Uh, got no comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, guys can have guy friends and sleep in the same bed and do the same things without it getting sexual. Like, come on, like nothing, everything doesn't lead to sex. <laughs> really, really, would you invite your guy friends over and? No, like, but I've had female friends in bed that it has led to. At least some touching. <laughs> I mean, I've had lots of people in my bed that's led to touching, and I've had lots of people oh! in my bed. <laughs> and I, I've had lots of people in my bed that I've managed to share a platonic sleeping arrangements with. 
you know? Oh, oh okay. I thought we were going somewhere else with this. No, okay. no. It, oh. I believe that if you can develop a friendship with someone, you should be able to sleep beside them. What does what uh, Van Helsing give Mina wake-up juice? Oh, that that's the hangover cure? You know, so he, the only thing that I caught was peppermint for her digestion. I didn't catch anything else, but it was a green, disgusting drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then she gets the um, opportunity to be his medical assistant in her class, and so he gives her a second chance. Yeah, um, to develop, to further the plot line along. <laughs> now, a little bit about uh, what she's doing. Like, she is obviously the only female in her class, uh, in her medical class. Uh, she is studying surgi- uh, to be a surgeon. And- Danica! Yeah. Danica! Yes. You, hey, 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 hey. Yes. Stop, stop. What? You completely, you your your Skype crashed, and uh, it didn't cut off, but it, it crashed enough with a signal to have to kind of reboot itself. Oh. So, whatever Start over. Okay. So, uh, Mina is studying to become a surgeon. And it's obvious from all the scenes of her testing and whatnot, she's the only female in her class. Now, she mentions that she's the only female studying to be a surgeon. And so I did a little bit of research on uh, surgery in Victorian times and who was actually the first female surgeon. And turns out the first female uh, surgeon was Dr. James Barry. Uh, it was a woman that went 56 years disguised as a man so she could actually perform uh, uh, medical, uh, perform medicine and surgery in a military environment. So she was a Royal okay. British Army surgeon. But the first female surgeon that was openly female uh, was, uh, let's see, Garrett Anderson. Uh, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson, and she was one of the first female students uh, when she started her medical training in Middlesex Hospital in 1860, and she started at age 24 as a surgery nurse, qualifying in 1865, uh, but she wasn't accepted to any sort of uh, English medical system for many years. Like, she was turned down Ever, everywhere she went. Like, females in medicine was just not accepted. And uh, so she set up her own dispensary for women and children, uh, which by 1872 had become the first hospital run by women. And so she was a trailblazer in her time. And so I think in this show, um, Mina is, they're trying to portray Mina as in this type of vein, where she's the first female surgeon. And hopefully successful. Uh, yeah, I mean, according to her exam, she passed the flying colors, that exam, to determine the heart attack of the victim. Yep, yep. So, uh, and I think that's all really we have for the episode, right? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, well, Jonathan and Mina get back together, and she goes running out to his arm, kisses him in public. Yes. <gasps> Tell the village elders they're making out in public again. <laughs> uh, and she asks Jonathan to marry her. Yeah, she proposes to him. Now, it's going to put Jonathan in a precarious predicament because he's already feeling like he's a poor newspaper man, and Mina's going to become a doctor. She's going to be making more money than him, despite being a female. Van Helsing is not going to let her be poor. No, no. Van Van Helsing is going to make sure that she uh, advances in her career and her uh, studies as 
best she can, and will get a prominent placement in some sort of hospital because I think her father is like the, what is like the head of surgery or something. Uh, he's the supervising physician at Bethlehem Memorial. So yeah, she's totally going to get a residency. Yeah. So he, Jonathan, is going to have to deal with his own emotional uh, <laughs> feelings of being less man as he needs to be for her. Uh, so instead of a ring, which he had a ring previously, he gives her a cross necklace. I think that'll come into play a little later in the show. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't have anything else. What was the last scene of the episode? It was the uh, finding out the son is killed, right? Or he commits suicide. Yeah, finding out that the son commits suicide. Now, did you ever hear one of the identities of Jack the Ripper was a person in Parliament who had possibly a a child with a whore, or was uh, a homosexual and had to keep it quiet. I did not hear that, but there yeah. was a lot of people that were suspected to, to be Jack the Ripper. Correct, yeah. Uh, those were some of the rumors regarding Jack the Ripper and like why he did what he did. I mean, why did he go after women of Whitechapel? You know, why did he go after hookers? Well, historically, hookers have been, uh, prostitutes have been the... Uh, orphans that have grown up or people that are just not wanted you know it, the the people that live on the fringes are usually the first ones picked off by predators correct yeah um unfortunately on this show we will see many of that uh, happening oh i'm sure it's a vampire thing so yeah you know plenty of people are going to be killed definitely there was a version of dracula that uh let me start over there is a version of Dracula that I hold up to the highest regard, and it's despite how bad some of the films can get sometimes, or how the actor felt about the role, the Christopher Lee Hammer horror Dracula movies Mm -hmm. I hold up into the highest regard. Okay, why? I just like the gothic atmosphere, the music, the tone of them all. Even though Chris didn't want to deliver dialogue for a couple of the movies because he thought the dialogue was atrocious, uh, he still has a a presence to those movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the Hammer movies did something that the Universal Monster movies never did, which was like, uh, you know, they were all about badassness, blood, and boobs, because the women in those movies uh, would basically be the gateway to how women would be portrayed in those type of movies going forward. Very bodaciously busty, very beautiful, you know, um, there was very little qualms about showing... Uh, nipples uh i mean mm-hmm. god you look at twins of evil and that stars the uh, the very first twins to ever appear in playboy together oh really mm. yeah also that movie showed some downstairs stuff too oh not completely but <laughs> the hair pubic hair pubic hair okay uh, but the yeah these uh, one of the two sisters becomes a vampire in this movie uh not a dracula movie starring christopher lee but the late great peter cushing was in that movie and peter cushing played Van Helsing in three, four of the Hammer Horror movies. Peter Cushing, you might know as Grand Moff Tarkin, the commander of the Death Star in the original Star Wars. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and he made a terrible cameo CGI appearance in Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people weren't happy with that. But, yes, the late, great Peter Cushing, who uh, he was a great actor, who also played Dr. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein in a lot of the Frankenstein Dracula, uh, sorry, Frankenstein uh, Hammer movies. Cool. Yes, definitely. Okay. So that's pretty much it for the Dead TV podcast coverage of Dracula, episodes two and three, where we'll get two episodes into it. 
thank you, Mr. Zeneca, for joining me. And thank you, Dr. Chris. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at the Dead TV Podcast. If you'd like to become a member of our Patreon, please do. We're going to try and beef up our Patreon here in 2019. There are going to be some new things added to it. So please join us on Patreon. Even if you want to just make a dollar donation, we'll say thank you. We'll send you an email. We appreciate everyone who has joined us on Patreon. If we haven't sent you an email, please send us a message saying, hey, I didn't get my thank you, but we're saying it now. Thatradiohorror at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at ChrisDSAV and at ElegantlyKinky. If you are a business that would like to become a sponsor for the Radio Horror Network, we would greatly appreciate it as well. And we'll come back next week with episodes four and five of NBC's Dracula the Series.